Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 20 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I am your host, John Chick. It is Monday morning right now. The Rangers coming off of a tough 4-3 loss in Florida against the Panthers. And I don't know about you guys. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this live in the Northeast as I do. And to me, this sounds like a great time of the year to take a trip to Florida. But unfortunately, it doesn't go so well for the Rangers. Again, we talked about the game against the Lightning. The less said of that, the better at this point. But, you know, the Rangers run out of the building by the Tampa Bay Lightning a few nights ago and then follow up with a tough seesaw loss to the Florida Panthers. Obviously, they played much better in this one than, than they did against Tampa Bay, but unable to get the result. Not a great night for Henrik Lundqvist or the defense in general, and certainly, once again, just taking too many penalties. I mean, I'm running out of ways to say this. I'm, I'm running out of ways to express this. The Rangers need to do a better job staying out of the penalty box. And Coach Quinn actually reacted to that when Pavel Buchnevich took a penalty in the first minute of this game. We'll, we'll just jump right into it here because this is really, uh, you know, the first significant thing that happened in this game. But the Rangers, you know, the game starts and Pavel Buchnevich in the offensive zone, he takes a penalty for hooking. Just an undisciplined penalty. You got I know he didn't do it on purpose. Okay, I don't want to kill him, but you got to be more cognizant of what's going on around you. You can't be this sloppy... And that's not the way the Rangers need to start this game, okay? You're coming off of a game where you were flat-out embarrassed by the Tampa Bay Lightning. You lose by six goals. You need a fast start here. You know, you you want to get rolling. You're on the road. I mean, it doesn't always feel like they're on the road when they play the Panthers because at least half the people there are rooting for the Rangers. But nevertheless, you're away from home. You want to start this game fast. You want to start this game hot. And it's hard to do that when you take a penalty a minute into the game. And we've talked ad nauseum about how you know, the Rangers are taking all these penalties and all these undisciplined penalties, and they got to stay out of, the, out of the penalty box. For a while earlier in the season, up until this, you know, two-game losing streak and maybe even the last win of, of you know, the 5-1-1 one one stretch, the Rangers were at least doing a pretty good job on the penalty kill. They had a penalty kill that was about average, maybe, maybe a little bit above, maybe a little bit below average. You know, obviously, if you have a good night or a bad night on the penalty kill at this point in the season, you're going to jump up, up or down in the rankings a little bit. But bottom line, the penalty kill was at least serviceable. So there were nights where the Rangers were taking, you know, these stupid penalties, but at least they were killing them off. They were killing off the power play and getting out of that. But the penalty kill has really hit the wall these last few games, uh, you know, just giving up scoring opportunities, and just unable to keep the puck out of the net. And naturally, you know, Buchnevich takes the, the foolish penalty here, and the Panthers make them pay for it. The Panthers just kind of set up shop on the Rangers' side of the ice, and the Rangers at least do a nice job of kind of keeping the puck to the outside. Not a lot of early scoring opportunities in this power play, but the Rangers also not really able to put any pressure on the puck. And Hoffman with a little bit of a give-and-go with Keith Yandel, and Hoffman hammers a slap shot past Henrik Lundqvist, and it's one nothing Panthers. Just like that, just about two minutes into the game here, Rangers already have to play from behind. But they answer right back. They Less than a minute later, they gain the zone, and Jesper Foss passes from along the boards through a, just a crazy sea of bodies here. I don't know how he got this pass to Ryan Strom, but somehow he did. I mean, this, this pass, you know, teammates and opponents alike, it, it must have gotten through like four or five guys here, goes right to Ryan Strom on the doorstep, and Strom deflects it into the net. So just like that, an excellent response here from the Rangers, and it's 1-1. And we've talked about, now apparently Coach Quinn has talked about, a point of emphasis for his team recently has been, you guys got to go to the net more. You got to go to the net. You got to go to the net. And that's great, and I love to hear that, and it's it's cool. It'd be great to see the Rangers start to do that more often. But one guy who didn't need to hear that was Ryan Strom, because we've talked about that on this podcast. Ryan Strom, not at all afraid to go to the dirty parts of the rink, and he 
very often will position himself, you know, right next to the net. He just has a knack for kind of timing it, you know, where he's going toward the net as the pass is about to come his way. Him and Panarin have really clicked that way, and in this case, it's Jesper Foss. Foss, which is a brilliant pass, puts it right on the tape, and all Foss has to do is basically just tap it home. That's exactly what he did. Yes, or uh, excuse me, Ryan Strom once again scoring right from the doorstep. And that is now six goals and nine assists for Ryan Strom in his last 13 games. So, yeah, Ryan Strom just absolutely on fire for the Rangers. And their their resident diamond in the rough just continues to produce. Now, a bit of a line change here. It didn't last the entire game. But at this point, Brendan Lemieux is now up on the second line, replacing Pavel Buchnevich and skating alongside Philip Hedl and Chris Kreider. I like Pavel Buchnevich. I think he still leads the Rangers in assists. And he's got an underrated shot, I believe, as well. But that was a terrible penalty, and he did it at a really bad time really early in the game. There was absolutely no need for it. And I like the fact that, you know, Quinn is going to finally start to make these guys pay for taking stupid penalties. It's one thing, like we've talked about this, but it's one thing if your opponent is just buzzing in your zone and they're they're looking like they're about to score and you just cannot get the puck away from them and you can't get the puck out of the zone and you just happen to, like, hook somebody down or trip somebody down because you're under duress and you're trying to prevent a goal. Okay, fine. It happens. Look, every team in the league is going to take penalties, right? But when you're just, I mean, there was no need for this penalty. Again, I know I'm a broken record with this, with the undisciplined penalties, but it's the truth. I mean, they're in the they're in the offensive zone. The puck is along the boards. Nothing's really happening, and, and Puchnevich is just undisciplined. You know, he just hooks somebody down. So he has to pay for it here for a lot of the, the rest of this first period. He uh, did not see the ice. He went up back out there eventually, and I think that's good. I mean, I don't think you want to bench Buchnevich for the rest of the game. It was a bad penalty, but I don't think you want to take somebody off the ice for the last, you know, 50 minutes or, or really basically the whole game. Um, you wouldn't want to do that. You wouldn't want to affect somebody's confidence in a negative way. But at some point, you know, you got to go sit in timeout. You make a mistake, you, you got to sit on the bench for a little while. You know, again, and hopefully that that's not just, you know, a message to Buchnevich, but a message to the whole team that, you know, this coaching staff is not going to continue to tolerate these undisciplined penalties. It, it's way overdue for there to be, you know, some kind of discipline for taking a foolish penalty. And, and fortunately, they react here, does the coaching staff, and Buchnevich sits for a little while. And Lemieux, again, skating alongside Hedl and Kreider for the interim. So anyway, we're tied 1-1 here early in the game, and D'Angelo gets a great scoring opportunity. He receives a pass coming forward with a full head of steam, but uh, Sergei Bavrovsky makes a really nice save to steer the puck away. It goes back the other way. On the other side of the ring, Henrik Lundqvist makes a really nice save against Pesic. But then the Rangers take another... Yeah, say it with me. The Rangers take another stupid penalty. This time it's Michael Haley. He just takes a slashing penalty in the neutral zone. And again, there's just no reason for this. There's no reason to take a penalty in this spot. The Panthers are nowhere near scoring. It's not like they're about to zip into the zone and go in on like a three-on-two or a two-on-one or anything like that. Haley just slashes the guy's stick out of his hands. And (laughs) the ref sees it, and he calls the penalty. I mean, I I don't know what to say at this point. They, They just... They can't keep doing this. They can't keep putting themselves back on their heels for no good reason. And that's what they do here. And this time, again, the Panthers score again. You know, just like that, they're two for two on the power play. Huberto feeds Dadanoff just about 30 or seconds or so into the man advantage. And Dadanoff scores from the slot. I know you're shorthanded. I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more. Jacob Truba and Brady Shea were both on the ice and both kind of stationary. And look, I know defensive formation is important, and you know, especially on the on the penalty kill, it's always important, but it's especially important on the penalty kill. And if you're a defenseman, you can't exactly you know leave your post, so to speak, to just go chase the puck somewhere. But I don't know. I I just thought they let 
they let Dadanoff get a little bit too comfortable here in the slot. You know, he's he's in a great spot, a great high percentage uh, scoring position on the ice. You know, if you get the puck and you turn around and you shoot there, you got a good chance of scoring. And he scores, and just like that, Panthers back on top, 2-1. to one. Now, to the Rangers' credit, they do answer right back. Strom gains the zone. He passes from along the boards to Artemi Panarin. Panarin shoots from the top of the right circle, and it was funny. He didn't really get all of this shot. You know, he, he only got a little bit of a piece of it, but it, it went in. It was like a bit of a changeup and gets through Sergei Bobrovsky. We'll take it. Panarin will take it. Panarin continues to roll, and it's 2-2 two to two with about 11 minutes and change remaining in the first period. And Panarin now, point streak up to 11 games. He's got five goals and 11 assists in that period. So once again, you know, the crown jewel of free agency, and he just continues to produce for this team. Uh, we're going to be very glad that we've ha- that we have this guy for a very long time. Uh, it's great to see. Again, you don't want somebody when they're a big free agent signing to come in and struggle right off the bat, and he's done anything but that. He has been phenomenal for the Rangers, the most dangerous player on the ice pretty much any time anytime he's out there. And then as time is winding down in the first period, Brady Shea gets a chance from the left circle. He kind of pinches in, probably sensing that time was about to run out anyway, so the Panthers weren't going to have any time to to go in the opposite direction and get a scoring chance of their own. But Shea pinches in. They work the puck to him in the left circle there. He unleashes a shot, but Bobrovsky makes a really nice save with about four seconds remaining, keeps the game tied at two, and that does it for the first period. So we go to the second period. Rangers really get a, get off to a nice start here. They get a power play just about a minute into the second. Unfortunately, the Panthers go in. They get a shorthanded opportunity, two on one, but Lundqvist with a nice couple of saves on Achari. He stopped the initial shot and then also prevented the rebound from being stuffed home. Rangers go back in. Panarin passes from the center of the ice to D'Angelo in deep, but Bobrovsky with a—this is the save of the, of the night either way. I, I, I don't think it can even be argued, but Bobrovsky sprawls to his left, reaches up with his glove, snags the puck, makes an excellent save to, to rob D'Angelo and keep the game tied at two. And, you know, Bobrovsky hasn't really been Bobrovsky so far this season with his new team. He's, I guess he's still kind of finding his way there. He entered play with a goals against average, you know, pretty pretty, pretty significantly over three. But nevertheless, outstanding save here. He, he reminds you just how good he is when, when he makes a save like this. Rangers fail to score on the power play, but they continue to have the better of play here early in the second period. Just an absolute highlight real goal here with 14-13 remaining. The Rangers are transitioning the puck out of their own zone. They, they move through the neutral zone. McKeg passes to Panarin, who passes to D'Angelo in deep, and D'Angelo just buries it from the doorstep, and the Rangers take their first and only lead to this game at 3-2, and they showed a graphic. Now, I was aware, obviously we're all aware, Tony D'Angelo having a great season, really a breakout season here for the Rangers, uh, just playing the best hockey of his young NHL career. I don't think that can even be debated, but what I found interesting, and, and something that I was somewhat aware of, but... All of D'Angelo's goals have come from, like, basically the crease. They're all in deep. He's So he's really kind of picking and choosing his time to, you know, jump into the play, jump into the rush, go in deep, pinch in, and he's choosing wisely because he's got six goals, and they're all from, from right from the doorstep. I knew that, uh, you know, a couple of his goals, maybe like half of them were from in deep, but I, I did not realize all six of his goals right there, right in deep, right from the crease. So, yeah, D'Angelo, you know, obviously, not only is he scoring goals, but showing showing off his hockey instincts and, and showing that he knows when it's time to join the rush. He knows when it's time to pinch in deep and, and kind of take a little bit of a risk because it's paid off in the form of six goals, you know, not even a quarter of the way through the season. Unfortunately, the Panthers get the equalizer just about two minutes later. Just This one really just kind of came from out of nowhere. They gain entry and Connolly shoots from a sharp angle from the right faceoff circle. And I don't really know what happened here. It just got through Lundqvist. It, he sneaks it inside the far post, and it's 3-3 three to three with about 12 minutes to go in the second period. 
I can't sugarcoat this one, though. You know, that's a soft goal, and that's a puck that Henrik Lundqvist has got to come up with. You just can't let... I mean, the Rangers, you know, they, they've been playing from behind for most of this game. They just took their first lead two minutes later. you got to keep this puck out of the net here. And it, this was not a good night for Henrik Lundqvist at all. Allows four goals, and I would say at least three of them, you know, pr- pretty preventable. And this one was, I would say, by far the most egregious. The second goal was tough. I mean, we'll give him a bit of a pass on that one because, you know, that was just a howitzer from the slot there, and the Panthers were on the power play. So we'll give him a pass for the second goal. The first goal probably could have come up with it. This one absolutely 100% should have come up with. And then the one that the Panthers take the lead on a little bit later should have had that one too. You know, it, just not a good let night for Lundqvist. Just just not sharp. And, you know, the Rangers, again, they're just giving up too many goals. It's not all on Lundqvist. It's not all on Georgiev when he's out there. The defensemen have to play better in their own zone as well. Rangers, they're scoring goals. You know, that's not an issue this season. But they got to do a better job in their defensive zone. And it starts with the goaltending. And Lundqvist, you know, it, it was not his night. I'll just be kind and I'll just, I don't want to sit here and kill Lundqvist. He's, a, he's been a legend for this team. I still think, you know, he's had some good seasons this year. He's had some brilliant games this season. But he just was not sharp against the Panthers. So it's 3-3, and the Rangers just miss out on a chance to take the lead here in the second period. Just a crazy sequence. You know, the puck was thrown at the net. The puck is just kind of laying there, you know, at the top of the crease or maybe just a little bit off the crease. But McKeg finds the rebound in deep and puts his shot right off the post. I mean, Bobrovsky had absolutely no chance to stop this one, but kind of bailed out by the iron there. The Rangers eventually work the puck back in front. They throw it on net again, and this time Bobrovsky eventually able to cover the puck. And then a minute later, they get another opportunity. Artemi Panarin is chasing the Panther behind the net. He forces a turnover. He just kind of chips the puck away from him. The puck goes in front briefly, and Jesper Foss gets there. Jesper Foss has absolutely no room to work with here, though, and can't quite put it home. I mean, he did everything he could. There, there just wasn't quite enough room to work with, and he, he put the puck off the side of the net there. So, so the game remains tied at that point. But not for long, because then Keith Yandel, again, man, I miss this guy. I really miss Keith Yandel. I really wish he was still on the Rangers, but we'll talk about that another day. Keith Yandel moves the puck from the point in deep to Dadanoff. Dadanoff shoots and scores with 216 remaining. And again, not an unstoppable shot here. I think Lundqvist has got to come up with this one, man. You know, it's it's from a sharp angle. Lundqvist got a really clean look at it. He, he shot from the right faceoff circle. So again, you know, not the best angle. Not the most, like, you know, it's not like he unleashed a screamer here. I mean, it was, it was a pretty hard shot, but, you know, it's just a save that we're so used to seeing Lundqvist make over the years. And, you know, he's just not able to come up with this one, and it gets by him on the far side. But, you know, again, you know, it, it's not like this puck was deflected. It's not like he had to fight through a screen just to try to find the puck. I mean, he got a very clean look at it, and it just gets through him. And it just like that, 4-3 to three Panthers with 2.16 remaining in the second period. Lundqvist does come back, though, the next time he, he gets tested, the Panthers later in this period. Anton Strawman going in deep, and he takes a shot right from the doorstep, and Lundqvist comes up big with a tough point-blank save there, keeps the score at 4-3. to three. Rangers really back on their heels toward the end of the second period here. Adam Fox made a really nice play, forced a turnover, skated the puck out of the zone, and the Rangers go into the break, still trailing 4-3. to three. So the third period begins, and at this point, if you would have told me that the Rangers and Panthers were going to play a scoreless period against each other, I would not have believed you, because to this point in the season, it's just been a shootout, a literal shootout in the last game, and a figurative shootout tonight, but they've played five periods against one another, and at this point, they've combined for 18 goals, technically 17 goals, because, you know, the the one goal that the Panthers got in the last game was in the shootout, so 
nevertheless, still a, a ton of goals. That, that's basically the, the short way of saying it. But yeah, no, they play a scoreless period here, and the Rangers just can't quite find the equalizer. They had some chances. The Rangers force a turnover early in this third period, and Brett Howden got a chance at a deflection, but Bobrovsky made the save and held on for, for the stoppage. And Artemi Panarin once again feeding Ryan Strom in deep. I love how Strom goes to the net like this, but Bobrovsky again comes up with a tough point-blank save. This line continues to crank up the pressure because, you know, Bobrovsky didn't hold the puck there. There was a rebound, and, you know, this line continues to apply pressure, but unfortunately, nothing doing. Puck goes out of play for a stoppage, still 4-3. to three. And then Ryan Strom steals the puck at the Ranger blue line. He's about to go in on a breakaway with 11 minutes, about 11 and a half minutes remaining. But Ryan Lindgren, another undisciplined penalty. And this one, you could make the argument that maybe it wasn't a penalty and maybe, you know, the Panthers should have been called for a penalty as well. But bottom line, Lindgren is, is tussling for position against one of his opponents in front of the Ranger net. The Panther, you know, pushes Lindgren first, but Lindgren comes back and kind of cross-checks him down to the ice. And unfortunately, a lot of times, you know, the refs, the refs tend to catch the second person. But again, just be disciplined here. You don't have to cross-check the guy to the ice. I mean, it's just, I don't know, just maintain your composure. Like I said, Ryan Strom had just stolen the puck and was about to go in on a breakaway, and that's when this penalty was called. Now, obviously, Ryan Lingard doesn't know that. He doesn't know that there's about to be a breakaway going the other way. Otherwise, I'm sure he would have held off here. But again, you know, this penalty, not only... Do you put the Panthers back on the power play and you send your penalty kill unit out back out there and the penalty kill has struggled, but you immediately take away a scoring chance? Strom, Strom was going to go in all alone there against Bobrovsky and have a chance to, to notch the equalizer, and we'll never know what's going to happen now because the play is whistled dead for, again, another undisciplined penalty. Fortunately, the Rangers do kill this one off. Well, in fact, what happened was about half a minute into the power play, the Rangers draw a penalty against the Panthers, and this was really all Jesper Foss. Foss stole the puck, he moved into the neutral zone, had a little bit of speed, and the Panthers kind of trip him up, and they take a penalty. So now we get a minute and 28 seconds of four-on-four. Four. And then a little bit later in the third period, the Panthers take an undisciplined penalty. They they go off for too many men with about 4.29 remaining. Rangers, you know, they get a couple shots on net here, but nothing where you really thought they were going to score. Tony D'Angelo made an outstanding play here. It looked for sure like the Panthers were going to shoot the puck down the ice, and he did a really nice job knocking it down at the blue line, keeping the push alive there. Unfortunately, they just not able to put the puck in the net. They take a timeout with 21 seconds left on the power play. You know, probably looking to draw something up off the faceoff, I'm sure, but unfortunately, Panthers win the faceoff, shoot the puck down immediately, and that's it for the Ranger power play. Rangers pull Lundqvist with two minutes and 25 seconds remaining. They got they get a couple chances here in the last couple minutes. You know, they're trying. It's not a lack of effort here. Chris Kreider sends a cross-ice pass to Ryan Strom with about a minute and 23 seconds left, and Strom can't quite handle it. Puck was bouncing a little bit. He's unable to settle it down. The puck goes into the corner. And then Buchnevich gets a shot from in pretty deep, and I don't know what happened if he either fanned on the shot or maybe at the very last second. You know, the Panther there extended his stick and may have, may have just gotten a piece of Buchnevich's stick. But either way, you know, Buchnevich, you really would like to see him at least put that puck on the net. He's unable to do so. And then D'Angelo, again, you know, continues his strong play. The Panthers have a chance at the empty net, and he kind of just crouches down, knocks the puck down, blocks the shot, prevents the potential empty netter, the potential game sealer there. Rangers work it back in. And Panarin gets an opportunity. About 31 seconds left. He just unleashes a howitzer from the right circle. But Bobrovsky steers it aside. 
And I don't know, you know, they, they that was pretty much it. They didn't really get another great opportunity. But I don't know. I thought the Rangers, a few too many passes here in the final, you know, minute, minute and a half, whatever it was. There were times where it looks like guys could have shot and they, they, they wanted to make that extra pass. And, you know, fans, always, we always want them to shoot, right? We always want the Rangers, whoever you root for, you always want your team to shoot. Just fire the puck at the net. And I think these guys, you know, they have a better understanding of when they should shoot than you or I do, okay? I think that's pretty obvious. But there were times here, I mean, you're running out of time. You have to, you can't always look for the perfect shot. And I think when there's 30 seconds remaining or less than 30 seconds, I think that's when it applies. You can't always, you know, look for the perfect the perfect scoring opportunity. At some point, man, you just got to let it rip. You got to try to hit a corner. You got to hope for a deflection. Maybe your teammate deflects it. Maybe it bounces off you know, a, a skate of a defenseman. Maybe the goalie doesn't see it. Maybe he's screened. At some point, man, you got to start flinging that puck at the net. You're down by a goal here. There's 30 seconds left. you got to make it happen. And if you pass on a shot, your team might not get another shot the rest of the game. And maybe that sh- maybe you shoot and score there if you take the shot. So I don't know. It's easy to say this when it doesn't work and when, when they don't score and they don't find the equalizer. But I don't know. I think at a certain point in the game, you just got to start firing the puck at the net when, you, when you're down by a goal and you're looking for the equalizer. So the Rangers, you know, they've lost two in a row now after that nice 5-1-1 stretch, and they have a lengthy break here, at least by hockey standards. You know, they have they have three days off before they're back in action Wednesday night at the Garden against the Washington Capitals. Gonna be, hey, it's another great team. It's going to be another great test for the Rangers. We'll see what happens there. And we'll get into that later in the week here. We'll, we'll break down that game and preview it just a little bit for you guys. But for now, I just wanted to break down a couple of transactions that the Rangers have made since the game against the Panthers. Uh, beginning with Leas Anderson. Now, we talked about this, you know, what they could do with Leas Anderson, what the solution is, because, again, former seventh overall pick in the draft, and they've just gotten nothing out of him and really haven't been using him in a way that's conducive to success. So, finally, the Rangers decide uh, enough is enough. There's no point in, in running him out there on the fourth line. for He was out there for, for less than four minutes in the game against the Panthers. So, there's no point in continuing to use this guy this way. And the Rangers have sent him down to the minor leagues to Hartford, and they have recalled Tim Gettinger. Now, Gettinger skated in four games with the Rangers last season. He did not score a point, so he's still looking for his first career NHL point. And in 17 games at the Hartford Wolfpack, he has four goals and two assists. We'll see what happens. You know, it kind of seems like it's just kind of a depth piece. I don't know that that expectations should necessarily be sky high for Gettinger. He was a a fifth-round pick of the Rangers back in 2016, going 141st overall, 21 years old, predominantly plays the left wing. I would imagine they'll probably just insert him there, uh, you know, on the fourth line in place of Leas Anderson. We'll see how they want to handle it. We'll see how Gettinger, Gettinger does. It's always interesting anytime somebody gets called up from the minors, see how they fit in, see, you know, what kind of ice time they get, who they're out there playing with. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Gettinger here. But the big thing is you got to get Leah Anderson down to the minors. you got to build this kid's confidence back up. you got to have him up there as a top six forward, and you got to have him on the ice with people who can score goals. Because if Leah Anderson is going to help this team at some point this season, it's not as a fourth-line center who's averaging, like, you know, seven or eight minutes of ice time a night and skating alongside, you know, a converted defenseman and a fighter. And speaking of that fighter, Michael Haley was placed on waivers by the Rangers. He had one goal, 13 hits, and 40 penalty minutes in 10 games with the Rangers this season, and he was only on the ice for a minute 26 against the Panthers. So again, we mentioned this earlier with Buchnevich. You know, obviously he was pulled off the ice for a while. Michael Haley was pulled off the ice entirely because... Now, I didn't really notice Haley after 
you know, he took the penalty. I didn't really notice him out there, but I didn't. I also didn't realize that he didn't play the rest of the game because sometimes, you know, the fourth line, they're not out there that much to begin with. And, you know, Haley's not a guy who necessarily stands out unless he's, you know, dropping the gloves or something. But, yeah, he did not play again against the Panthers. So, you know, an undisciplined, stupid penalty, and he, he goes off for two minutes, and one, once once that penalty ended, he, he did not see the ice again. So the Ranger coaching staff finally starting to discipline these players for taking foolish penalties, and, you know, Michael Haley's actually going to pay for it with his roster spot. I mean, I know they're not just release, they're not just you know placing him on waivers just because he took a penalty. But you know, there there's not a whole lot of upside with Michael Haley. He's just a career journeyman. He's out there to you know protect his players and fight when the occasion calls for it. And that's a role that you know he plays well. But you know, there there's no reason to hang on to Michael Haley like you know he he's this big piece that we're going to be building around because he's not. You know, he's he's someone who's expendable. And you know, the Rangers have now made that move. And finally, we'll just update you guys real quick on Mika Zibanejad and Capo Kako. And like I said, you know, the Rangers don't play until Wednesday this week, so we got plenty of time this week to break down all these transactions and all these injuries, you know, in greater detail as the week progresses here. But for now, Mika Zibanejad with the upper body injury, the dreaded upper body injury, really, once again, the update here is basically that there's no update. I mean, the team is hopeful that he'll be back out there on Wednesday against the Capitals, but we've been hopeful that he's going to be back out there for nine games because he's missed nine games now. And Again, I am not putting this on Mika Zibanejad. I, I'm sure if he was healthy, the guy's a competitor. He'd be out there. He'd lace him up. He'd play. He'd want to be out there with his teammates making things happen. But the Rangers, for whatever reason, they, they're they just very vague with these injuries, and it just seems like whenever they tell you somebody's going to miss a certain amount of time, it always ends up being more than that. And we're seeing that once again with Mika Zibanejad here. He has not played since October 27th, and he was off to a great start this season, too. Had four goals and 11 assists in his first nine games. So we'll see what happens. I mean, he's he's been skating on his own a little bit. He didn't make the trip to, you know, Tampa Bay or Florida, but he's been skating on his own. It seems like he's getting closer. And again, you know, there's a, there's a nice break here between the game against the Panthers and Wednesday's game against the Capitals. So hopefully the Rangers can take advantage of that and Mika Zibanejad can, can take advantage of that and he's ready to go on Wednesday night. They're going to need him. I mean, the Capitals are a great team. I, I don't think anybody needs to hear that. Capitals coming in 15-3-4 is their current record. And then you've got Capo Caco, and he's missed the last two games with the flu. And it's really a shame because Caco was on fire for this team. You know, you could tell he was really starting to find his game. And unfortunately, he hasn't seen the ice since he won the game against the Penguins in overtime. So that's unfortunate. The Rangers really missing him. He just gives them, you know, a little extra firepower, a little, little extra juice. Caco was on the ice for practice Monday, but the team and Caco himself still unsure about his status for Wednesday night. He has said that he is feeling better, but not quite back to 100%. We'll see. You know, I, again, it, it's it's kind of a coin toss for both these guys, Mika Zibanejad and Capo Caco. Zibanejad, it, it's kind of at a point where I'll, I'll believe it when I see it because we, they've been telling us that he's day-to-day for nine games now, and unfortunately, you know, you hear day-to-day, it's like, all right, well, maybe he'll miss like a game, maybe two games, maybe three games, but now he's missed nine games. And again, I don't put that on Zibanejad. I just think the Rangers, for whatever reason, they tend to undershoot however much time somebody is going to miss when they are injured. And then the last bit of news, Michael Haley, as we as we mentioned, was put on waivers, and he cleared waivers, and he can now be assigned to Hartford to the AHL. But I don't know. It's possible Haley could be right back out there because, you know, we don't know if Kako or Zibanejad is going to play on Wednesday. So if one, or, if one or both of those guys misses the game, then Haley could be right back out in the lineup. We'll, we'll see what happens. 
it's very much touch and go with with a lot of these guys, with Haley as far as his status with the team, and with Kaka with the flu, and with Zibanejad with the injury. So, you know, a lot, lot to break down. We'll keep an eye on it throughout the week, and we'll talk about, like we said, all these transactions, you know, everything with Haley, everything with Leas Anderson being sent down to the minors, and Tim Gettinger being recalled and placed on the Rangers. We'll, we'll talk more at length about it as the week progresses. But once again, if you guys want to reach out to the podcast, please send an email, LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Or if you want to go with Twitter, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And please give us a follow on Twitter as well. You'll be doing yourself a favor. You'll be doing us a favor. You'll be doing yourself a favor because anytime I set one of these episodes live, and I, I admit, you know, they can kind of come out at random times during the day as the week goes, but... You will be notified if you're following on Twitter. The first thing I do when I set one of these episodes live is I immediately fire out a tweet, so you'll be right on it. You'll be able to watch it as soon as it drops. So, yeah, absolutely give us a follow on Twitter. And that'll pretty much do it for today. I'll see you guys next time.